You're listening to Watching Friends on the Greenlit Podcast Network. To find more great shows like this one, visit greenlitpodcast.com. Welcome back to Watching Friends. As always, I'm Ryan, and all I want is to tingle. And I'm Mark, and I'm his butt double. <laughs> so, as you probably guessed from the title, we're now discussing episode six of season one of Friends, the one with the butt. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, but. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess first things first with episode is that I immediately knew the episode from the title name, which is not something I had with the one with the thumb. Um, so immediately I was like, yes, excited. This episode is classic. I love it. Yeah, I think, you know, it's the first time one of the characters gets naked. So, of, of course, it's iconic, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? Well, fair. So we open, uh, and the gang are at fear, uh, waiting to see Joe perform. Uh, Rachel is excited, while the rest of the gang, they've been here before. They're, they're not as intrigued. Um, and that's when we see Joey in his first role on the show. Yes, in, in Freud, with an exclamation point. This is scary. Intimidating, it's strange point. But uh, let's have a listen. Always spot someone who's never seen one of his plays before. Notice, no fear, no sense of impending doom. The exclamation point in the title scares me. You know, it's not just Freud, it's Freud. <laughs> oh, shh, 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 magic is about to happen. Well, Eva, we've done some excellent work here. <laughs> and I would have to say, your problem is quite clear. All you want is a dinkle, what you envy is a schwein, a thing through which you can tinkle, or play with, or simply let hang. You know what, I, d- I don't know what's wrong with this play, I think it's great. It's awful, man. It's absolutely awful. <laughs> I would watch this. <laughs> I was watching this play thinking, shows like this actually get made, and as I want to be a writer, I'm sat there thinking, this is actually quite encouraging. If this is the kind of calibre of stuff that makes it into production, why am I sat here not doing this? It's well, encouraging. It's interesting, like, looking at the audience. So you've got the, the Friends cast all huddled up to one side. There's a bunch of other people kind of there, but it's, it's a very small area. It doesn't look like somewhere where a play would be. I've been to some pretty small theatres, to be yeah. fair. It's about, it's about that size. Um, I've seen some good shows at the Crescent uh, here in Birmingham. It's quite a small theatre, but there was some very top-quality uh, performances there. Oh, okay. Much better than Freud! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, obviously, that's the first time they see Joey. Well, Rachel sees Joey perform. Um, I guess she's not overly thrilled in the play? No, uh, none of them are, but they kind of let on to that at the start by saying like don't be excited for this this is not great but at the same time they've got to be pretty good friends right because they've gone to a play knowing it's going to be terrible to begin with they've seen terrible ones before but they've taken time out of their lives like exactly i, I, can't... I look forward to the first time anything i write's produced and dragging you all to watch it even if it's awful yeah. like, oh do we do we have to oh let's be supportive yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll just be sat there smirking like it's terrible though i love it but yeah they're, they're, you're right they're super supportive aren't they I guess. <laughs> we'll get, I guess it gets more into that in a bit. Um, but it's not all a wasted evening for Chandler, because uh, he then sees something he quite likes. Rush, 10 o'clock. Is it? It feels like 2. Oh. 10 o'clock. What? There's a beautiful woman at 8, 9, 10 o'clock. <laughs> oh. Hello. 
face. She makes the women I dream about look like short, fat, bald men. Well, go over to her. She's not with anyone. Oh, yeah, right. And what would my opening line be? Excuse me. <laughs> I love that bit from Charlotte. Like, I, I think that's one of the first times that we, we've seen so far of him doing that. Yeah. Because he, he does that quite a lot later on. He does. I mean, what I like about that line is that Chandler's self-esteem is so low that even his dream women are ugly. <laughs> just, it's just like, she's, I mean, the woman's very attractive, but, you know, she's not, you know, that attractive. And then Chandler's like, oh my God, she's more incredible than I could even imagine in my dreams. I'm like, how dull are Chandler's dreams? Yeah. Just, no, but low self-esteem everywhere. For me, it's Ross going, hello. And like, I thought Ross was, was going to jump right in there and just be like, out the way, Chandler. <laughs> let, let, let a real man show you how, to, how this is done. Uh, I guess because sometimes Russ does seem quite you know forthright and macho, and then and over times he tries to float with Rachel and is terrible at it. Yeah, so it's a mixed bag, I suppose. He, he is, yeah. Where I guess he's he's confident when he doesn't care. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, if you if you're not that invested, it's it's easier to to find the confidence. Yeah, it's weird to me that Chandler just goes over after Marika's encouragement and says, "Oh, let's go talk to this woman." And I'm like, "We don't do that anymore." Like so much of dating nowadays is swiping on an app and then. You kind of you already know you're kind of into them before you go on the date, and then you just hope that they're not absolutely miserably boring in person. Well, yeah, because I I'll tell you a story about a friend of mine. So he was in a club, and he uh, noticed that a woman had like dropped her bag on the floor and it had spilled out in the club. So he goes up to her and goes, "Excuse me," and she turned around instantly and just went, uh, "Sorry, I've already got a boyfriend." <laughs> oh, I was just going to tell you your bags on the floor have always stuff spilled out, but okay, bye. Just <laughs> <laughs> <That's a> whoops. <laughs> uh, you know, going up to people is probably yeah much tougher now, right? Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I've not been, I'm recently single, but not for about seven years. So I've not had to try and approach anyone in God knows how long. And it just seems really like, whoa, and daunting a little bit, I guess. But from the other side of it, it probably is daunting, this this stranger coming up to you, going, hello, I want to talk to you. And you're like, I'm, I'm here eating a sandwich. Can you leave me alone? I suppose traditionally in Western society, normally the, it's the man's role to approach. Yeah. Like, you know, the woman would sit there and look lovely and, you know, coy and whatever. And then you'd have to be like, I'd be the man and we'll approach and talk. Um, and it's not something that a lot of people are comfortable to do. Well, yeah, but at the same time, you know, if a woman approached you, you'd be like, what's wrong with you? What, what, you know, there, there's got to be something way talking to me. I mean, I'm oblivious to this kind of stuff, aren't I, as we've previously discussed. So I'd just be like, hello. <laughs> Let's <laughs> have a nice chat. Something. Let's have a nice talk about shoes <laughs> or whatever. Um, so I probably wouldn't notice. Uh, I did find it a bit weird that uh, Aurora, as we, we later find out her name, uh, is there alone? Like, why has she gone to this play by herself? I assumed that she was there. She, she knew someone in it, or she knew, she, surely she knew someone in the production. She can't have just been sat there and thinking, I'll watch her for a, a play about Sigmund Freud. Yeah. I mean, unless she just likes awful Austrian accents and <laughs> you really enjoy <laughs> Joey, I don't know. Yeah, because it's, it's not a play you'd go there, you'd see, and she'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out by myself. It's, it's not big enough. I mean, I would. I quite like psychology and yeah. big fan of Freud and psychoanalytic theory. So I'd probably be like, that's right up my street. And then I'd probably go by myself because the rest of you wouldn't want to go. <laughs> I'd be like, let's go tickets. No. Okay. I'll go by myself then. Uh, I did like the way that Phoebe uh, cheered Chandler up, though, by saying, you know, you, you see those beautiful women with those nothing guys? You can be that nothing guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of support our friendship group yeah. has where yeah. it's supposed to be encouraging, but doesn't hit the same way. No. But there's, there's a lot of truth in that. You do see these couples, and there's always like, an attractive person in the in the couple right and it's like do you want to be the attractive one or do you want them to be the attractive one yes i used to frequently argue with my ex that i was the funny one which meant she was the pretty one 
And then she she wanted to be the funny one, which would have made me the pretty one. And I'm like, no one's going to believe that I'm the pretty one. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just keep it the way it is. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, we have Chandler going over to her and chatting and getting tongue-tied, which I think is something that we all had happened to us. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very relatable. You get there and you suddenly mind goes blank. And it uh, reminds me of a story, which I don't know why I'm sharing, but when I was a, a wee teen... I went to a, a memorabilia fair, which is now called Comic-Con, even though it's not a Comic-Con. Um, and Eliza Dushku was there, who played Faith and Buffy. And I was a very excited 16-year-old to meet Eliza Dushku. And I had no idea what I was going to say to her. And I'm in this queue for a good, like, 15, 20 minutes. And I get to Eliza Dushku, and my brain's like, what should I say? And I was like, I don't know, mention the film you're getting signed, which happened to be wrong turn. And I think the, the words I said were, it was so scary, I was still shaking this morning. <laughs> 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 I remember saying it, being like, you idiot. And this, oh, that's fine, my plan worked. And we had a little, like, very brief conversation, but because she's a loser judge too, and there's like a million people, security are like, you had your 12 seconds, move. Um, so you're like, thank you, security, you yeah, saved me. Like, I can't pass for anymore. And then I walked off and did like a classic, like, doy and hit myself on the forehead. But in the NEC, it's a massive, it just echoed, it just it smack up. I was like, oh, good lord. And for some reason, I shared this story with the group and continually it gets brought up so i don't know why i just put it up on podcast but <laughs> i've been tongue-tied and that's how bad i handled it so. well you could have been talking about gas so it could have been <laughs> a lot worse yeah. <laughs> um i did like the way the all, all the the friends you know they they fake like in joey's play to him so it's like oh yeah you, you know you you know you did great you were in a play <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh find, finding ways to be polite without you know giving the truth away i guess what I do like is that, obviously, at this point, Chandler's not there. Uh, he's still chained to Aurora. And <laughs> when he gets back, everyone else is giving Joey these platitudes and just trying to be nice about it. And Joey's just like, whoa, awful player, man. Or Chandler says, whoa, awful player, man, to Joey. And I'm just, I like the, the closeness it shows there. That yeah. Everyone else are friends with Joey, but they're not as close as he is with Chandler. So Chandler can just be brutally honest and be like, that sucked. But also, I think Chandler doesn't care at this point either. So he's just like, he's, he's not thinking about being polite. He's just saying what's on his mind. When he Chandler says it, Joey like comes and gives him a pat on the back and a wink. And then to me, it was like he clearly appreciates the honesty. Yeah, and he liked the fact that Chandler was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, you're not just because it must be terrible to be in a creative endeavor and just have give, people give you platitudes." So when that one friend just go, "Dude, that's terrible," you you probably do appreciate it. Yeah, I guess so. And also, uh, you know, we see Chandler giving a card to Joey from the Estelle Leonard Talent Agency. Which was a very nice surprise. Obviously, at this point in time, uh, if you're new to Friends, you don't know who that is. No. Um, but by the time you've seen all of Friends, Estelle is someone who definitely sticks in your mind. She does. It's a great character. So it was like, yeah, Estelle reference. It was quite exciting. Yeah, because we don't see her, do we, in this no. episode? So, I mean, I, I don't know casting-wise, but that's probably my favourite casting all of Friends, is Estelle. She's yeah. just fantastic. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he gets given the card about an agency, and Joey's like, oh my god, someone someone saw me and wanted to give me an agency, wanted to give me their card. And then when Phoebe gets the line, based on this play... And then, based on this play. <laughs> it's just that everyone looks at it like, Phoebe, we've been supportive, which is like, based on this play, recovery, recovery. Which is very cool. And then that basically, basically ends. Uh, and then we're in Central Park, and it was weird to have an episode not start in Central Park, and I hadn't realised how weird that was until... They went to Central Park and I was like, oh yeah, we didn't start here. Well, we still had uh, a sexual start, I guess, because it's Freud. I guess. <laughs> uh, so, you know, they've, they've managed to keep keep that going for, you know, five out of the six episodes so far. Um, and mind we find Monica having her palm read by Phoebe. Yes, I noticed that too, yes. Which again is just more of Phoebe's into weird kooky things that 
that are a bit out there, um, which may have seemed more out there in the 90s than it does now. I mean, the amount of people now that, like, are who charge crystals by moonlight and are into vibes and all this kind of <laughs> new age stuff, which I guess was still new age in the 90s. Yeah. It just seems less weird now than it would have then, I guess. Yeah, we, we've uh, got a few friends who have met some people who are into that, that sort of stuff. We, with some stories we won't share one here. I mean, it's fair enough, more power to you, but... You know, if the moonlight was going to manifest money to me, I feel like I'd be a lot wealthier than I was now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Chandler enters Central Park, sits down. He's there for, a, what, eight seconds? Yep. Not long at all. Um, and he's very deterred, perturbed that no one has asked him how his date went. Yeah, he, he's radiating and he, he wants someone to ask him, but no one cares. Yeah, it's always annoying when you've got news to share or you want to update your friends on something and they don't ask and you are just like... Come on, guys. You, you know this event happened. I need, to, I need to brag and need tell to someone about it. That's really you just desperate. You better just walked in and said it, because that's all he wanted yeah. to do. Uh, but he does start to brief the gang of what went on, and we get a nice little revelation about Aurora. All of a sudden, we realised we're in Yemen. Oh, I'm sorry, so we is? Oh, we would be me and Rick. Who's Rick? Who's Rick? <laughs> My husband. Oh, <laughs> oh so, so you're divorced? No. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, so you're widowed? Hopefully. <laughs> no, I'm still married. So uh, tell me, how do, you, how do you think your husband would feel about you sitting here with me? Sliding your foot so far up my pant leg you can count the change in my pocket. <laughs> Don't worry. I imagine he'd be okay with you because really he's okay with Ethan. Ethan? There's, there's an Ethan? Mm, Ethan is my boyfriend. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what? <laughs> Everyone shares the gang's reaction there. What? This always reminds me of the, the future armor episode where a similar thing happens uh, to Fry. And he's chatting to, to one of the other boyfriends who's, who's made breakfast for everyone. And he goes, well, wouldn't you rather a, a slice of cake? Even if the rest of the cake has had penis in it. <laughs> and Fry's like, hmm, I would prefer a slice of cake than no cake at all. I guess. I mean, they, the gang go on to discuss this. Um, and Monica apologises to Chandler saying, oh, I'm sorry your date didn't go well. And he's like, what not went well? I'm seeing her again on Thursday. Yeah, he, get, he, he admits he gets the best parts of the relationships, all the, the fun stuff, and none of the actual relationship stuff, I guess. No. And then he explains it's every guy's fantasy. Um, and then the gang have a brief discussion on this. And I'm like, is it every guy's fantasy now? Is it? See, to me, if I only wanted to see Aurora for an evening, probably I wouldn't care. But I'm very mu- I would very much be channeling in the situation where it would become an issue because I'm soft. So I just get attached. I think that's the same for most people, though. Yeah. Like, you, you're always going to get attached to if you like someone, right? And then you're going to want to have more of that. I guess. I mean... <laughs> And it's not just people, it's the same with like, let's say I, I gave you some food to eat and you're like, that's really good. You wouldn't want to share, right? You'd more, more <laughs> of the good stuff. share food. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right. I guess, I mean, I suppose in theory, it's much better than it would be when you think it out and have to plan it through and, you know, she leaves your house to go see him and you'd be like, great, now she's with that guy or yeah. one of those many guys, as it would be in Aurora's case. Well, I did like the way that Joey says he couldn't date a, a woman like this, and everyone's like, oh, good for you, Joey. And he's like, he needs to know he's dating more people than she is. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it goes down to a not-Joey path yeah. before suddenly detouring straight <laughs> onto Joey Avenue, and you're like, yes, that, that sounds like Joey. Um, it's like, well, what I really like is that Ross goes on to explain that 
but Nike can be difficult from an anthropomorphic perspective, um, which a kind of strange how nowadays, obviously in the dating scene, you've got a lot of kind of polyamorous people, um, and it's just weird again to me that how things have changed and how they haven't changed. So in, in the world and society based around friends. So if you'd have said to me in the nineties, oh, this person's polyamorous, I'd have been like, is that a screwdriver? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas now, like, it's just a somewhat, or growing, it's getting accepted more as a part of life. Yeah. Um, not something I think I'd ever be able to get on board with. Um, but at the same time, it is a thing. But missing the point entirely, Ross tries to explain, and I've never related to Ross more, Okay, maybe next episode, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> to this bit where Rush tries to explain some science or some a fact, and the entire group then all pretend to snore and fall yep. asleep, and so, then well, 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 yeah, you you can you can tell that he's done this a lot. Yep, he he has to be the well, actually. See, I'm bit of a well actually person but it's not in like a well actually it's in a i have knowledge let's talk about it because it might be an interesting conversation because that's what i'm interested in and not realizing that the rest of the group don't really care <laughs> no. so i guess it's my fault and not reading the social scene um but they do it twice so they apologize no no okay tell us this time and then he starts talking again and they snore again and then he just looks upset and then we end the scene but i've been in this situation multiple times uh, both with you and the guys with my family specifically with my sister right. so we'll be watching something and i'll be sat there and then i'll be like blah 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 blah, and i'll start talking about the science behind something or a fact about something and my sister will just look at me look at the rest of the family and go who switched him on <laughs> <laughs> as if i'm like c3po from star wars <laughs> just like, alexa shut up yeah, i didn't I'm ask like, you i just I don't care it's like what they start me off my little brother was asking me about some political conflict stuff the other day and it's a complicated issue which i won't go into but it took a good 15 to 20 minutes of me explaining it and then my nan just went why did you have to ask him and it's just like well don't ask questions if you don't want answers i, I was going to say are you one of these people that just carries on knowing that no one's listening to you or do you just go and stop knowing there's no point carrying on well, if they ask a question, I intend to answer it, and I'll try to answer it fully. It's just you tend to find that the full answer that I'll give them is longer than they wanted. Yeah, you you, you need detailed answers sometimes. You can't just give it away in a, a few words. If the question's what your favourite ice cream, it's going to be like, fine, it's this. But yeah. if it's a really complicated, you know, how do lightsabers work, that's a longer, th- <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's a longer answer. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then we get back to the apartment, and find that something's happened. Ta-da! Are we greeting each other this way now? Because I like that. <laughs> Look! I cleaned! I did the windows, I did the floors. I even used all those attachments on the vacuum, except for that little round one with the bristles. I don't know what that's for. Oh, yeah, nobody knows, and we're not supposed to ask. <laughs> oh, what do you think? Very clean. Great. Good, really, terrific. it looks great. Very clean. Oh, I, I I see you moved the green ottoman. <laughs> How did that happen? I don't know. I, I thought it looked better there. And I and also it's an extra seat around the coffee table. Yeah, it, it's interesting. <laughs> but you know what? It, just for fun, let's see what it looked like in the old spot. <laughs> I, just to compare. <laughs> You know what? I thought it happened in like series four or five where Monica became her worst. She's there right from the very from beginning. The beginning. Yeah. Um, this did remind me about the closet that we don't know anything about yet. We see it. We don't know the details of what's beyond the door. We, we have seen the door actually open though. I can't, I can't think of what episode it is, but there is one quite early on where the door's open. No, no I'll have to go back and find it. We, we, yeah. we do do see inside, but yeah, there's yeah, the, the whole 
episode yeah, about it. Monica is a neat freak. But yeah. We, you know, he starts earlier than you remember. Yes. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed is just how mismatched all of the furniture is in this apartment. Yes. Especially only because they pointed out the furniture. But I'm like, why would you have a green ottoman with like a pink armchair? And then it's, it's hideous. Well, the, the whole apartment's like that from the, the color scheme to the ornaments and stuff. Like everything's mismatched. And is it a case of this is her and her Nana's stuff? Or is it just stuff that she's like got cheap because she can't afford proper furniture? I mean, as a whole, it works. But when you look at the individual components, yeah. I'm like, these is all gross. And you have no right to complain about the big dog. Because no, no. <laughs> all your furniture is gross as well, Monica. Uh, I noticed that Rachel uh, has a Red Cross shirt on. As in the Red Cross? Yeah, like yeah, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a white shirt with the, the Red Cross logo. Whether it is that, I don't know. Uh, I think it's a bit of an iconic shirt. She has a couple of iconic shirts throughout the, the show. Uh, like there's one with the, the, the lips on the front that has some text in it that we'll get to at some point. This is like a whole subplot of friends I'm missing. Like I'm, not, yep. I'm not thinking of any I'm thinking of classic Rachel hairstyles, but no classic Rachel t-shirts come to mind. So yeah, so if you want to buy a friend's t-shirt, normally they are just the, the, the characters. Mm. So like the, the friend's font, I guess, and it's saying something. Uh, but there is a whole like kind of wardrobe section of like shirts that generally Jennifer Aniston has worn uh, that you can buy replicas of. That's pretty cool. Uh, because I, I feel like the guys generally wear stuff that doesn't have designs on, but she tends to, to wear stuff like that. Fair. Um, but yeah, so she moves the footstool she to does. everyone's shock. And because, you know, they know Monica better than Rachel. And I like that despite having lived with Monica for several weeks, we assume at this point, there are still things they're learning about each other. Yeah. And I, I would say living with friends is probably the worst thing you could probably do. <laughs> having only done it once... I wanted to murder them by, by the end of the, <laughs> yeah. the six months. It just, I love you guys, but seeing you continually, it's, it's that I've come home from work. I just want to relax. Oh, great. Someone's there. But also you learn too much about them as well. So like with Monica, you wouldn't know she's this like kook, I guess, what they call her. If you just saw her at the coffee shop, you'd be like, oh, she's fine. But then in her home, you realise all the weird stuff that she, she does. Yeah, friends have often said to me, like, our friend Neil has always said that he couldn't live with me because there'd be too much stuff everywhere. There'd be piles of comics here, or books over there, or Warhammer in that corner. And I'm like, yeah, I got stuff. And he, <laughs> he likes everything neat and put away. And I just wonder how long we'll actually last. It'd be intriguing to stick us all in an apartment or a house, see who the first person Three minutes. would be. <laughs> you just feel like, I'm not even moving in. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, even Phoebe says, like, when she lived with her, she was a bit much. Yeah, just a bit. And I'm guessing this is why Phoebe potentially moved out. Yeah, we don't really get touched on that drama, but I guess there could have been some stress. I mean, I don't think Phoebe, she's very free-spirited, so I don't think she'd handle Monica's, you know, strict regime very well. No, like, they, they'd be opposite sides. Like, you know, Monica would be very clean, organised, everything has to be at right angles. And there's Phoebe just going, oh, that's just, that's where it, that's where it fell, that's where it lives, you know? What I do like is that this appears to be the first time they've openly addressed it in front of Monica. Because Monica seems completely in shock that anyone thinks this about her. And they go on a big list of, you know, like, oh, the the phone bill arrives straight away and you don't pay it. And she's all like, why would I do that? And they go through a few scenarios yep. before Chandler gets his classic. It's a hot day. There's no coaster. And uh, the, the conversation's going to get to the table. And she's yeah. like, no, stop, and freaks out. Um, <laughs> what about really like when it's the revelation that Monica has, in fact, became her mother Yes, as far as yep. homeliness is concerned, which, having met her mother at this point, you're like, oh, my God, tragic. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're, we're going to get onto a later episode where, like, this kind of reaches uh, a tipping point, I guess. So it's, it's nice to see that in the background, this kind of thing that just happens between families. 
and they actually had like a plot point going through episodes for this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, but Monica is saved from having to defend her neat freak nature by Joey, who saunters into the room with some interesting news. That was my agent. <laughs> my agent has just gotten me a job in the new Al Pacino movie. Can you believe this? Al Pacino. This guy's the reason I became an actor. I'm out of order. You're out of order. This whole courtroom's out of order. Seriously, what's the part? Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Come on, seriously, Joey, what's the part? Uh, let me just though. You're, you're, la, 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 what? I'm his butt double, okay? <laughs> I play Al Pacino's butt. All right? He goes into the shower, and then I'm his butt. Oh, my God. Come on, you guys. This is a real movie, and Al Pacino's in it, and that's big. Oh, no, it's terrific. It's, it's you know, you deserve this. After all your years of struggling, you've finally been able to crack your way into show. <laughs> Okay, fine, make jokes. I don't care. This is a big break for me. No, you're right. You're right. It is. Yeah. So you're going to invite us all to the big opening? <laughs> I mean, if, if I had to pick favorite friends jokes of yeah. all time, those two lines from Chandler and Ross would be in there. All right, let's, let's give uh, the clip a play then. My joke. My joke. It, 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 it's hilarious. Yeah. Chandler's is definitely better than Ross's, to be fair. The big opening is kind of funny. Yeah. But the cracker range of show business. <laughs> yeah. he, hysterics even how many times i've must this episode a dozen times by now at least every time it gets a laugh yeah i can't not laugh at it it's fantastic and i noticed that the the cast there they're they're laughing too right i think it's genuine i don't think it's them faking their laugh no it's it, it, good writing's good writing i yeah. suppose and i don't know i'm assuming they were scripted and it wasn't ad lib um from the actors but sometimes on set you i've seen other sitcoms where you can see the actors just trying desperately to keep a straight face so jennifer anson has that a lot uh they call it corpsing okay so, so when you're you're laughing at what you're you're doing not as like being in character so yeah so they're corpsing i guess I don't, I don't know why it's called that i mean i guess in friends they're quite lucky that it's your friend taking the mickey out of your friend yeah. so if you are laughing that's a perfectly reasonable reaction it's not like you're sat making a dark joke at a funeral <laughs> no, you shouldn't no. laugh you are just teasing your friend so it's fine to you can get away with it a little bit i guess uh, so we're going to leave it there for just a second. We're going to have a quick ad break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to find out a bit more about what Joey's up to in his new movie. We're the Spirit Hunters, and we're a show that treats Hunter Hunter and Yu Hakusho's author as the center of the universe. Some weeks, we do linguistic analysis. So the Chinese meaning of this character is to smelt or refine. But so the changed meaning in Japanese, it means to temper. Other times, we get absolutely smashed. So we take one shot every time. Yusuke uses the ray gun. One hour later. This is the least coherent episode. Oh, I'm Sarah, you... I think you're firing this you can find out more about the Spirit Hunters right here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. With a purposeful grimace and a terrible smile, join Nikki and Wyatt as we stomp our way through the history of Toho's Dai Kaiju films in Discuss All Monsters. Are you telling me we're going to discuss all monsters? We won't stop until there isn't a monster left to discuss. 
smash that play button like Godzilla and King Kong smash an 18th century Japanese pagoda. Only on the Greenlit Podcast Network. So yeah, we're back, aren't we? Because yeah, uh, it's time for the big opening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it might be. Um, because after this, it's uh, the next morning and uh, Joey needs to moisturise his butt. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Uh, I did like the way that uh, Monica's like, do whatever you want, just don't tell me. Just, but, although she says that, what does he, she expect to happen? He says, I need to moisturise my butt. You know exactly what he's doing in there. Yeah, but you've got to wonder, right? is it a moisturiser that you squeeze out or is he putting his hand into a tub? Because if it's in the tub... Keep m- it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Monica's not going to want to touch that afterwards, is she? No. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, Chandler then comes in because he... Uh, he needs to speak to Joey. He does. And uh, he goes to walk into the bathroom and Monica warns him, like, no. And he's like, please, we're roommates. We've seen it all. <laughs> he opens the door and uh, just basically screams, my eyes, my eyes. <laughs> Which makes me wonder what he's doing. Because if he's just standing there, moisturising himself, that's one thing. I, I imagine he was like, my, my brain, for some reason, pictures Joey like half bent over a mirror <laughs> so he can see what he's doing. Because <laughs> yeah. it's Joey. He wouldn't know his own butt words, so he'd have to look. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it's not a pre-site. Uh, this is, yeah, this is why you don't live with friends because that's the stuff you sort of see. You see more of them than you want to, and not in a not in a frequency kind of way. No, and it's it's never a good light, is it? Um, Shudders. Yeah, but uh, you know, Chandler Chandler wants to make some breakfast, doesn't he? He does want to make breakfast. Um, well, who's it for, Mark? It's for Aurora. He got to spend the whole night and the morning. He's <laughs> <It's> so excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like, no, I don't, I'm not going to share the best of times. But I, I guess he couldn't afford the taxi home or was too polite to say, you can go, go right. now. You can go now. I love how, if you watch the episode, the amount of stuff he takes from Monica's house is absolutely insane. Like a whole loaf of bread. Yeah. Basically, look, why don't the boys ever have food? Because they're men. <laughs> <laughs> it's a recurring thing where they're just stealing all of Monica's stuff. But... It's very understanding. Like if I was if I was Monica and I sat there and you came bursting into the apartment and saw I don't know Neil's butt and then <laughs> and then needed food supplies, I'd be like, no, take her out for breakfast. I, like, well, that's the thing, right? They're in New York. You're more likely probably just be like, well, I'm going down to the the coffee place, go and get some food, uh, which is always weird for me going to like America because the food you have in the morning is not breakfast food, like donuts, and muffins, yeah. and and desserty type foods. You know. Like, you know, where's, where's the toasted eggs? And they're like, what? What? I mean, I, I had a fry up a couple of times when I went to New York. Um, but the cost of it seemed insane for some reason. Yes. Like a fry up was like $18, but you had to add all the bits separately. So it was like, how many rashes of bacon do you want? And it's not proper bacon. It's weird, streaky bacon. Yeah, yeah. We, we make nice soft bacon. They have crispy, hard, you know, bunch of crisp bacon. Rubbish bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry so, so to our American friends yes. out there. Uh, Your bacon's rubbish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, but Monica is, you know, very giving and even lets him take the frying pan. Like, the boys don't even have utensils you know, to make the breakfast. Of course, they're men. They probably have one fork. Yeah, one fork. Which they lick clean. <laughs> and then Monica, because she's not a kook, because she's a few times, it's quite seldomly done, but she tries to insert the fact that she's not a neat freak yeah. and reminds, she says, old Monica would remind you to clean that pan with yeah. a plastic <laughs> brush. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that, which... But it, but it's you know it's true what she says though in some ways because I've had friends like who have stayed around in the morning they cooked themselves breakfast or whatever and they've burnt like the plastic spatula I'm like how did you burn that and they're like oh I left it in the frying pan it's like 
you know how to use utensils, right? <laughs> like <laughs> plastic melts. It's <laughs> you have plastic on heat. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I can t- I can totally understand her being precious, so especially as a chef. She has her nice cookware as well. That's fair. I mean, boys are useless. Yes. When I first moved into an apartment that had all electric kitchen stuff instead of gas, I would often forget the hob was on. Um, so the amount of other gloves I've set on fire because oh, wow. I just take it off and like poof, and then like four seconds later I'm like dirt and I spin around and the oven gloves Mickey Mouse oven gloves on flame and I'm just like oh crap and then yeah why, why is there a red spot just on the kitchen it's always lit it's weird yeah I would look she was that though I'd forget to turn it on because my brain was like no fire no heat yeah. but no, nope it's electric hot brine it's hot anyway. <laughs> yeah. but yeah I, in probably two years probably went through at least six oven gloves because I just chuck it onto the hot oh, wow. and forget. It was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you finally learnt your lesson, right? Well, I'm back in over a gas cooker now. So I, can, I can see the fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't really learnt my lesson. We just changed the cooker. Uh, we then end up on the, the film set, though. We do. Uh, so do you want me to play the clip? I do, because Joey's naked again. And... <laughs> okay, everybody ready? Uh, listen, I just want to thank you for this great opportunity. Lose the row. With me? That would work. Right. Okay. Losing the robe. Okay, and the robe is lost. Okay, everybody, I would like to get this in one take, please. Let's roll it. Water's working. And action. And cut. Hey, butt guy, what the hell are you doing? I'm, I'm showering. No, that was clenching. Oh, well, the way I see it, the guy's upset here, you know? I mean, his wife's dead, his brother's missing. I think his butt would be angry here. I think his butt would like to get the shot before lunch. Once again, rolling, water working, and action. And cut. What was that? I was going for quiet desperation. So before we uh, discuss Matt LeBlanc's butt, which I know you're really looking forward to discussing. I mean, it's been the focus of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to drop some, uh, some truth bombs here. Ooh, nice. Some knowledge, knowledge bombs, maybe. Uh, so the director that, that's in that uh, scene there is actually James Burroughs, who's one of the show's actual directors. Uh, it was actually shot backstage uh, to save some money, so they didn't need to make their own set, the set's just there <laughs> just already there uh and if you look closely in the background you'll notice like some boxes and they say monikers on them oh. uh which are, are used in a later episode um but yeah it's, it's them again saving money by just reusing whatever like set pieces they have uh but yeah what a weird thing to have monikers boxes just just, just in the back of the set there uh, the movie set nice uh, little continuity uh, <laughs> <horror there. laughs> exactly uh and also, uh, you can see Joey's shorts that he's wearing in the shower in his uh, shadow that he casts. Just how closely did you watch this scene? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's be honest. I'm part of a few uh, friends' Facebook groups, and they bring this up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Joey's shorts yes. or Joey's butt? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Uh, it's, it's all about the butt, right? Um, so, yeah, so, you know, he's, he's not in his little uh, speedos there. He's got some shorts on. But, you know, you, you see the way they film it. Like, they, they cover him up yeah. pretty well. Oh, yeah. it, it, I did think a lot about this when you do get these kind of scenes of acting in movies and I'm like it must be really difficult to do those kind of things naturally it's such an unnatural space yeah. like if you were performing a really emotional scene where you're crying and expressing feelings not that I think that's easy but at least you've got something to do like you're actively doing something whereas trying to just naturally stand still and shower 
must be a really weird thing to think about while I'm not thinking about it. Yes, like how how do you shower that looks good for the camera? Yeah, like how do you shower naturally? It's yeah. just and you know Joey has a point. Like you know his wife's missing, his brother's dead. Like you'd be <laughs> tense. Yeah, you know would you have tense? But probably not. Apparently not. According to James Burroughs, but no. <laughs> to but, me, I'm like fair. And and a director's actually like this, where they're like, no, that's not how I expected the butt to be. Like, yeah, like what expectations <laughs> you have of Joey's butt? Yeah, <laughs> I just think he's really like. Lose the robe. Yeah. Uh, like, if I was about to get naked in front of strangers, I'd be a bit like, can you be a little more gentle, like, gentle or polite, please? <laughs> well, he's just called the butt guy. He yeah. doesn't even know <laughs> his name. Hey, butt guy, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Why is the director doing it? Surely that's like a second AD shot or something. You'd be like, some other department's going to deal with all the doubles. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to see some guy wash his butt. Unless so. the director just likes butts. He doesn't need to know who Joey is because it's all about the butt. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, we cut away from that pretty quickly, don't we? We do. And uh, we find Chandler... Uh, lying in bed with Aurora. Oh, well, I thought I thought you talked to Rick. It's not Rick. But Ethan, he got to spend the whole day with you. No, it's it's Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I know there'll be many moments in the years to come when I'll regret asking the following question, but <laughs> and Andrew is he's new. <laughs> So what you're saying is you're not completely fulfilled by Rick, Ethan, and myself. No, that's not exactly what I was... But, you know, most women would kill for three guys like us. <laughs> so what do you want? You. You have me. No, no, just you. What do you mean? Lose the other guys. <laughs> like, all of them? <laughs> all of them? All of them? <laughs> so, so how many is there? There's at least four There's at least this point. Four, yeah. Uh, potentially space for others. Yes. There are seven days of the week, so she could have a guy per day. She she could do. Work her way up, you know. Um, you know, New York is a pretty busy place, so I'm sure she can meet a lot of people. Yeah, it's the city that never sleeps, and it seems like <laughs> neither does Aurora. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but, you know, Chandler understandably gets clingy. He does get clingy, and it's a weird one, because part of me is completely like, yeah, Chandler... Like, you know, you assert what you want. But at the same time, I'm like, well, you knew who she was and what she was into when you agreed to start this. So I don't feel like, I feel like it's a bit unfair for Chandler to be like, lose the other guys. And it's like, well, you knew what you signed up for, Chandler. But he's not Joey. So like, Joey will probably be like, cool, I'm happy with this arrangement. Chandler is not that type of guy. Like, he, he wants comfort in a relationship and it to go somewhere. But he thinks he does. But so far, as he's already established is every guy's dream, supposedly, he only gets the good side, so he's got like the pillow talk, the sex, yeah. a bit of cuddling, and then he doesn't see her. He doesn't know what she's like the rest of the time. Poor Ethan gets her all day, so she could be a nightmare. So all he actually wants is the tiny little slice of her life he's experienced that's overwhelmingly positive, full time. But no one, he's not going to get that. He's yeah. not going to get what he thinks he's going to get. And I still think it's unfair of Chandler to ask for that, knowing what he knew. If he was dating her and halfway through found out about the other guys, fair enough. But he knew what he was getting into when he started, so it's kind of unfair to ask. It's probably a bit of FOMO as well. It's like, so what did you do with Ethan? Like, why didn't we go there? Why didn't we do this? And this is more of Chandler's crippling insecurity, because he even gets offended on behalf of Ethan and the other chap. And he's all like, well, uh, they'd kill for guys like us. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're now upset for you and the other two men because of this new person that suddenly came in. He obviously feels threatened because he assumes that she's not fulfilled by the three of them. And to me, it's just, just channelist insecurities just spilling all over the place and then weird expectations from someone. But it, this is always going to happen. Because um, do you remember the, the Louis Farouk documentary? Yes. Where they met up with a bunch of couples uh, who were like this, where they were 
sharing partners and stuff. And there was always one person in, in the relationship who was kind of pushed aside. Yes, I remember vividly there was a, a couple um, and the wife had a second lover and the husband on camera said, maybe one day we'll have a threesome. And the <laughs> wife went, no, just no, like he's mine, that's it, go away. And I was, you could just see that he really wasn't comfortable with the situation, but for some reason didn't have the, the self-esteem, I guess, to be like, no, or cared too much to leave. Yeah, I, I, it's a really... Really good documentary to watch. Like Louis Fru is a, a a great host for that sort of stuff. Um, it's it's funny and horribly sad at the same time. It uh, is. It's. I mean, he's very he's very good. He's very soft and gentle. Yeah. Um, he looks a bit dopey, so you, he doesn't seem threatening or he's just kind of the perfect person to deal with that kind of topic because he doesn't feel like he's judging anybody. And no. he, he manages to come across as naively curious the entire time, as opposed to judgmental. So it works quite well. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a weird one. I don't think that Chandler, I understand Chandler's feelings. I just don't feel like he has any right to ask her to leave the other guys because he knew what he was getting into. He does, but he, he tries and he's never going to win that argument, is he? Like, he's not, no. Like, why would she give up all those guys for one guy, let alone Chandler? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like he's, he's one of the nothing guys. It yeah. just happens there's a few other nothing guys at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you know the, the friends try to make Chandler feel better don't they uh, he, he breaks up with it doesn't he he says oh well you know this isn't there's two guys in me one wants to say shut up and carry on doing this and one wants more and I don't know which one to listen to um, well I have to wonder if he actually did break up with her or if she broke up with him and he's just saying that he broke up with her well he kisses her after saying he's going to listen to the second guy, meaning they can't be together. Mm. Kisses her and then says, oh, sorry, the first guy controls the lips, which is really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, great. And then she leaves. And then the next time you see Chandler, he's chatting to the guys. So my assumption was that he'd ended it because she seemed quite happy to continue. Um, it's not like her reaction to him saying, leave these other guys wasn't angry. She was just like, well, why would I? Like, this is my life. Yeah. So I, I would assume he did break up with her. Um, but then we get him chatting to Ross. And Ross explains how she's beautiful, <laughs> unattainable, impossibly sexy. And it's like, wait, why did you do this again? <laughs> yeah. He's just really confused. But, uh, but you know, luckily, you know, Joey at least uh, comes in, tells us how she uh, lost. Aren't you the guy who plays the butt in the new Al Pacino movie? <laughs> nope. No. What happened, big guy? Big guy? <laughs> It felt like a big guy moment. I got fired. Oh. Yeah, they said I acted too much with it. I told everybody about this. Now everyone's going to go to the theater expecting to see me. And... Joe, you know what? No one is going to be able to tell. My mom will. So, yeah, he blows his big chance. He does. <laughs> I mean... He says that he was acting too much of it. And, like, forget smell the fart acting. Forget hand twins. <laughs> like, I want to know how you make your butt act too much. Yeah. Well, I guess if you're, you're wiggling it too much, maybe. That's, that's the only thing I can think of. I feel like there needs to be, like, the reunion episode of Friends is coming up very shortly. Yeah. And I want James Burroughs to explain to me how you act too much of your ass. In the, <laughs> in that, it's the only part I want to see now. Because how do you act too much of your butt? Yeah. Because, you know, who are they going to replace him with? Like, it's going to be another butt. They're just... <laughs> but what's what's going to be different about that? I mean, apparently Joey's mum will know what's different about that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, she, she's a mother. She's she's seen it all right, so... Especially being like an Italian-American mother. You have the yes. cliche of them being really overbearing parents, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just felt really bad for, for Joey. Yeah, like, it, he's right. This could have... I don't think it would have been his big break. Like, you know, on your CV, 
can have all these plays that no one's cared about, and then you're the butt double. No one's going to be hiring you to be the next Iron Man because you was the butt double. The butt double. Not um, unless they really liked your butt, but then that'd be problematic. No. Like, it would be great telling all your friends and family, like, you're in this big film, but then people just going to be like, well, just saw your, your bum. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird boast. Like, well, yeah. you'd be excited. I don't know if I'd tell people I was in a movie if I was just a butt double. Because A, I'd be like, now everyone's in my butt. Uh, <laughs> and B, like you said, I'm in the Apocino movie. Your expectation starts at the top. Yeah. And then at no point would you get butt double. No. Like, oh, you saw it for a split second for some reason. But yeah, but I mean, like, this thing's quite nice with Phoebe, so I, I don't think this was your big break. And I don't think you just get one big break. Yeah. And one day some kids can be at them and, oh my God, I've just got the part of Joey Triani's ass. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a really New York accent, yeah. which always makes me laugh. It's just sweet, just Phoebe being sweet. You know what, there's probably a lot of truth in that as well because uh, Matt LeBlanc has been naked in a lot of his stuff he's done. Has he? Yeah, like, like in episodes. I'm sure he has in episodes and things. Um, I wonder if he had a butt double. We, <laughs> we should find out. Maybe someone is going there. <laughs> Who is Joey's butt double? <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, it's just a very, it's a very nice episode um, with a little Phoebe sweet moment. Yeah, so we, we basically hit the credit scene at this point. Do Monica goes to bed. And then Rachel points out, oh, you've left your shoes there. But Monica, she's already proven with the Teflon pan <laughs> and all the other things that she's not a neat freak. She can go to bed and leave them there. She's not a kook, as she she's, calls she's herself. Not a kook. Yeah. If it bothers you that much, just go out and get the shoes. <laughs> no, don't do this. This is stupid. I don't have to prove anything. I'm going to go get them. But then everyone will know. <laughs> Unless I get them and then wake up really early and put them back. Oh, I need help. And everyone does know. Everyone does know. I mean, when Monica thinks, what if I get up really early and put them back? I was like, great plan. I was, I was 100% <laughs> with her. I was like, that's win-win. You get to go to sleep and you get to not lose face in front of your friends. But the weird thing is they're all still out there. Like normally when I go to bed, I'm like, goodbye friends, you can leave now. Now, okay, Rachel's still going to be there, but it's still odd everyone else is just Hanging around still. Yeah, I assume this was like the wee hours of the morning and yeah, everyone yeah. would have left already. Um, you don't really get any sense of time lapse. It's just Monica goes into a room, we have some credits, and then we see Monica. Yeah. So it could have been 10 minutes. It could have been half an hour. It's like when you go into a casino and you're like, I have no idea what time is right now. Yeah, like, huh? But uh, that definitively proves it. Monica is not a kook. <laughs> yeah. She's definitely a neat freak. Yeah, definitely. Which is a weird thing to debate at any point in Friends <laughs> because it's one of her like staple characteristics. But it's nice to get it expressly confirmed, I suppose. Yeah. These first few episodes have been really great at, at filling in on who these characters are. Yeah. Without being over the top and forceful with it. It just, just feels natural. Yeah, you know the gang already. Um, yeah. You're not surprised to see Phoebe reading Monica's palm because you're like, well, it's Phoebe. I, I think she's the only one who hasn't been properly fleshed out yet, though. So everyone else has had their, their main episode, I guess. Where you know a bit more about them. So, like... You know a bit more about Chandler and his job. You know about Joey being an actor. You know about Rachel. You know about Monica. You know about Ross. But Phoebe hasn't really had her stand-up moment. Even the the one with the thumb is not really her. That's no. just that it just happens to her. Yeah, she's just there. Um. So yeah, it, everyone else is filled in. Just just waiting for that episode for her now. Wonder when we will get there. But this is this is quite a nice episode. I I think the butt stuff is is hilarious. Yeah, it's one of my all time favorites. Like yeah. like you 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 do root for Joey. You're like yeah, cool. He's yeah. like he's doing it. You want him to do well. He's likable. I mean, obviously, from if you've listened to our first episode, I'm not a fan of Joey in episode one. But by episode six, I love Joey. He's warm and friendly. He's great. 
It's like a nice guy, so you are rooting for him. You do want him to do well. You know, you want him to be the best butt double that's ever been. <laughs> the best butt double. Ever. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely grown very very quickly in this. So, so that's definitely. Let's just imagine Pacino's Oscar acceptance speech is like, you know, this movie wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for Joey Tribbiani's butt. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's that's the end of our episode as well. Yeah, and neither of us have got our butts out. Uh, well, people don't know what we're, we're dressed as right now, I guess, but uh, we are fully clothed. <laughs> we are fully clothed. <laughs> if you'd like to buy our Patreon. <laughs> we, yeah, maybe when we get a Patreon in the future, that will be uh, one of the tiers. Uh, you, can, you can be Ryan's butt double. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, next episode, the one with the blackout. Uh, that's quite an interesting one, so look forward to that in a week's time. Um, but where else can we find each other, Ryan? As always, you can find me at gamehype.co.uk and on the Critical Geeks podcast and also on the Hype from Our Heaven podcast. And you can find me at fuzzballs.co where I draw a series of cute animals on the adventures for friendship and food and adventure, a bit like our Friends cast. We're still waiting for the, the Friends Fuzzball crossover t-shirt. Yep, yeah, if there's enough demand, we'll, we'll look at doing that. Uh, and you can find me at the Fuzzballs on Twitter and Facebook and all those other places. And... Where else can you find us on Watching Friends? You can find us on Watch Friends Pod on Twitter. I forgot what Twitter was called for a <laughs> yeah, second. Yeah. I'm like, I know where we are, but <laughs> I forgot what it's on. And uh, watchingfriends.com. Yeah, well done. You, yeah. you remember. That's, 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 that's a good start. I remembered us, just forgot where. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, why didn't you uh, send us away? I, I guess, uh, hopefully, uh, you're not overacting with your butts out there. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you later.